Wow, good afternoon everyone. It's um, my pleasure to be sharing with you again today from uh, my house to your house. Um, and I hope you're doing well. Many of you might remember that earlier last year that Pastor Trent, Pastor Sue and myself, we did a series over several weeks called The Good News. And uh, we based this series off the, the gospel in 30 words uh, that was written by Braxy Carvey. Um, so the gospel in 30 words, just as a bit of a recap, was Jesus is God with us, come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, and shut down religion so that we can share in God's life. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? I love the way this is put. It is so simple. Actually, if you want to go back and listen to that series of the good news, you can go to podcast.liberty.family. That's podcast.liberty.family. And scroll back to earlier last year and you'll see the whole series there that you can listen to again. And I just I just love the way that Bruxy really sums this up in 30 words. You know, within the good news, we can clearly see that it's an invitation to participation. Uh, demonstrated, of course, firstly by the way that God participates with humanity through the person of Jesus Christ. Professor Morgan, uh, Michael Gorman, sorry, <clears throat> a New Testament scholar, writes that the cross is not the source of our salvation. It is the shape of our salvation. The cross is not the source of our salvation. It is the shape of our salvation. What Gorman means in this statement and it lines up with the teaching of Apostle Paul that we see in Scripture, is that all Christian virtues and practices are cruciform. Cruciform just means cross-shaped. The, 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 the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus shapes the very core of our discipleship. There's another uh, scholar, a German scholar by the name of Ernest Kaisermann. I hope I pronounced that right, Ernest Kaisermann. And he wrote that the cross is the signature of the one who is risen. The cross is the signature of the one who is risen. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story that you can find in John chapter 20. Chapter 20, verse uh, 24. <clears throat> and after Jesus is resurrected, um, he, he appears to 11 of the 12 disciples. Thomas was somewhere else at the time. He might have been sleeping, and I don't know. It doesn't really say where he was. He just wasn't there. And when the other disciples told Thomas later that they'd seen Jesus, Thomas's reply was, you know, unless I see the nail holes in his hands, and I put my fingers in the nail hole, and I stick my hand in the side, I'm not going to believe it. That's pretty weird when you think about it. <laughs> if you stop to think about that, that's just strange what he wanted to do. But eight days later, Scripture says, Thomas got his chance. And the disciples were all together, and Jesus walked through a locked door. He just came through the wall. They must have been freaking out, because Jesus speaks to them, and he says, Peace be to you. Jesus then says to Thomas, Hey, bro, come over here. Stick your finger in my nail hole. <laughs> or, or, you know, while you're at it, see this, this big hole on my side? Put your fist in there, man. Have a good feel around. You know, Thomas... Thomas then makes the declaration that he is, this is Jesus, the Messiah. I'm not 100% sure if Thomas actually did stick his finger in. I mean, would you? And then we have the book of Revelation, which talks about Jesus as the lamb who was slain, who was once dead and is now alive and will be alive forever. 
these events and references that are told in scripture they're told because because the cross is not just one moment in the life of jesus that is superseded by the resurrection jesus is forever the crucified messiah he is forever the crucified messiah marked for eternity paul says in first timothy chapter 2 verse 5 and i'm reading from the new american um, revised edition because i like the way it states it it says for there is one god there is also one mediator between god and the human race christ jesus himself human <laughs> himself human see the cross is both a christophany and a theophany two big words i know but what that means is that the cross is where both the nature and the identity of Jesus and God the Father are revealed, are manifested. When Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I am determined to know nothing amongst you except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul's actually giving us a glimpse of the revelation he carried. And it's a thought that we'll actually see woven all the way through his writings. <clears throat> One, that Jesus is the full expression of God, that, he is, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and he did that by wrapping himself in flesh and becoming human. And number two, that our participation, our participation in Christ is where we find our identity. Time and time again, Paul would use language like in Christ, in the Lord, in Christ. This idea of identification in the, in the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ being co-crucified with him. Jesus, the humanist of humans, you know, when you think about that, Jesus demonstrated what being human really looked like. How we were to live, how we were to love, how we were to, to live a life of hope and practice just, justice and all that other great stuff all um all become things that we inherit or partake of as we embrace a christ-based life the whole idea of being alive in christ has such beauty about it um and why don't we just right now let's take a moment to just really meditate on that thought and i just encourage you to to just right now wherever you are just shut your eyes rest back just take a moment, personalize it, ask yourself, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for me to be alive in Christ, to have been co-crucified with him and to be raised up in newness, to partake of his nature, to partake of his values, to love as he loves, to see as he sees. I love just thinking about this sometimes. What does it mean for me to be alive in Christ? Let's just take a moment to just really think about that. And just as we're meditating on that Holy Spirit, just quicken that thought for us right now. We ask for a fresh revelation of the reality of being in Christ right now. Of being alive in Him. Being found in Him. Being hidden in Christ. All the, all the great thoughts that Paul 
seeded in his in his his letters to other churches. Father, we just right now, would you just uh, refresh, refresh, refresh a revelation of being found in you. Thank you, Jesus. I know, know I just love thinking about that. Who right now is just feeling the peace of Jesus? You know, doing something like that might be new to you. You might not have ever done that before, and that's okay. But it really, it's not a, it's not a spooky thing. It's actually just a, a relationship thing of, of really just spending time connecting with him and discovering him and letting him reveal himself to you. I actually encourage you to do it often. Just to sit and be still. You know, there's a verse that says to be still and know that I'm God. And it's just not knowing that he is God, the creator of all things, but that also he's your father and your, and um, he's uh, and he wants to know you and he's close to you. See, the challenge for us is just not to settle with the certainty of our salvation, but to press on to explore what it means to be in Christ. Not just to, to settle with being saved, but to press on and explore what it means to be in Christ, to participate in what we've been brought into through the cross. You know, Scripture teaches us that we are to identify with his death so that we will find our identity in his resurrected life. We are challenged to be people that have the character and the nature of God, to be a people who have the mind of Christ, to be a living testimony of what Jesus has done. And so today I want to share from some of Paul's writings, and I'm going to be um, sharing again next week on, on, on the same theme. So it's kind of like a two-part message. I'm going to share some stuff today and some stuff next week. And though I'm going to be sharing from Scripture, I want to encourage you to partner with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to speak to you about these things that we're going to touch on. Ask Him for revelation. Because I'm convinced that learning, learning the Word of God needs to be married with learning to live life in Christ. You know, <clears throat> learning, learning the Word of God it has to be partnered we're learning to live this life in Christ. So the scriptures I'm going to be use, using uh, um, are based with a found that I'm basing all this on are found in the book of Philippians. Philippians is a great place to start. N.T. Wright comments that Philippians is uh, an invitation to think differently, to think differently, the, the messianic way, the, the Jesus way, uh, about God, about Jesus, about the world, about ourselves. And in Philippians, Paul is really teaching us how to be the people of God in the world. Paul was writing to them from prison, the church of Philippi who he was writing to. He was in prison when he wrote to them. And so things are not going well for him. But when he writes this letter, it's drenched in encouragement. You know, he keeps telling them to rejoice and encourages them that they're a fellowship, that they're a single community in Christ. And he reminds them that as believers, we have a way to live as being alive in Christ. So, in Philippians chapter 4, where we're going to read, Paul is wrapping up his letter to the church in Philippi. He, and he mentions two women here by name. And it appears that these two women were having a bit of a disagreement. 
As a bit of a side information, uh, the church in Philippi actually began with a group of women having a prayer meeting by a river. And you can read the whole story in Acts chapter 16, which tells the story of the church forming and starting in Philippi. You know, and it's commonly agreed that these two women that Paul is addressing here in Philippi were part of the original group of women that the church was um, founded with. And we don't know exactly what was happening, but it appears that whatever the dispute was that was between these women, it was very public. Because Paul urges that all the believers that were there with them, that that they were to help these two women resolve this dispute that they had. But then I love what Paul adds here. He adds this little reminder and he says, hey, guys, don't forget that these two women, they shared in the struggle with me to spread the gospel. And not just with me, but they participated in the group of people who labored together to proclaim the good news. And then Paul continues in his letter to the church. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentle spirit be known by all men. Be anxious for nothing, but pray in every situation. Pray with thanksgiving. Be active in your prayer life, making your requests known to God. And then Paul shares the result of doing that. He says that the that when you do that, that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Paul writes, Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on those things. The things that you've learnt and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. The peace of God will be with you. You know, the way, the way we think, what we give attention to, will shape our experience. There are two things in the scripture that speak to me. You know, Paul is challenging us in the way that we think and relate to others. And also how we think and we journey through situations that are happening. The second one of these is what I want to touch on today. And next week, we're going to look at how we relate to others. So Paul writes, be anxious for nothing. You know, it would be pretty mean if he just left it there. Guys, be anxious for nothing. But he goes on and he says, make your prayer request known. And he says that the fruit of that is the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Sometimes life is full of situations where difficult stuff just happens. We can't always control what's happening around us, but we are fully empowered to decide what happens on the inside of us. See, Paul is encouraging us to pray and express our needs to God. But he also adds, do this with thanksgiving. You know, we're, we're realistic about the issues that are going on. We're not a people who live in a denial of hard times. But we pray from a place of hope. We pray from a place of life. And and we steward. We're stewards of the peace of Christ in our heart and in our minds. When we do that, anxiety and fear give way to the certainty of who Christ is. 
and our life that we have in him. Isn't that a good thought? That when we do that, anxiety and fear give way to the certainty of who Christ is and our life that we have in him. You know, many years ago, <clears throat> when we re relocated to another part of the country, Lara and myself and our daughter Jess, who was only two at the time, and we, we relocated to Plummer Church and begin a ministry, and we were financially strapped. I remember, <clears throat> I remember just at one stage the weight and the burden of the situation. How, how was I going to pay the rent? How was I going to feed my family? And, and we poured, we'd poured our entire life into what we were doing. And the circumstances, they were not looking good at all. And I remember it was a Friday morning. It really stands out in my memory. It was a Friday morning. And I was just so burdened by this, so weighed down. And I went off, I went off to the office by myself. And I did what I could only describe as a Moses prayer. Basically, and Moses' prayer is like, God, you brought us here. This is your problem, you know, just to cry like that. And and I remember pouring out my heart, my, my fear, my doubt, my frustration, my frustration, not at God, but but I was I was sharing with him how I was feeling. And it's only now as I look back that I that I have better language for that moment. I was I was participating in this fellowship that I had with Christ, the Godhead this that I found myself in because of Jesus. And I was handing my burden to him, a burden that I was never asked to carry. And I, and I felt this weight come off me, and I, and I just felt re a release, and I, and I got up and I got to carry on with my day. That very afternoon, that very same day, you know, Lara, my wife, she goes out, she checks the letterbox, and there's a white envelope that was hand-addressed hand and hand-delivered, no stamp. And it said on the front of this envelope, handwritten, to Pete and Lara, love Jesus. That's all it said, to Pete and Lara, love Jesus. And inside this envelope was a very thick pile of cash. This is on the same day. You know, he is so, so good. We have learned, Lara and myself, we have learned in our journey that praying for our needs is less about the need being met and more about making sure that our, we set our hearts and our thoughts on the source of the resource, who is Jesus. Let me say that again. We've learned that praying for our needs is less about needs being met and more about making sure that we set our heart and our thoughts on the source of the resource, Jesus. That we're aware of his presence, that we're aware of his peace, and we make sure that we do not partner with the fear of uncertainty. So Paul was rather bold and saying that what you see in me, practice this. And this peace, God's peace, will be with you. Paul had this confidence of who he was in Christ. He is active in his participation of his life in Christ. So much so that, as I mentioned before, this letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi, the, the book of Philippians, while in prison, 
was drenched with encouragement and hope when he himself did not know if he was going to be killed that day or would he live. See, in the middle of difficult times, and you know, maybe it's the worldwide difficulties such as COVID and the things that are happening around the world right now, or maybe it's disputes in our workplace or in our family life or in church life, we as believers have a mandate to be a people who practice the life of Christ. We're mandated to be a people who practice the life in Christ. So my encouragement for you today, be intentional with praying. Express your needs, express your, uh, um, your needs and, and, and your cares to God, you know. Share your fear, share your feelings, be transparent with Him. But making sure that you partner that with thanksgiving. So that your hope and that your focus is not in the in the solution of those problems, but that but that your your hope and your focus is in the source of the resource, Jesus Christ. You know, this can take time to practice, but the reward is his peace. And Paul says that that, that peace of God that guards your heart and your mind. And over time, you actually create stories with God that become your go-to moments. You know, as Paul said, anything worthy of praise, dwell on that. Dwell on those things. See, the, the story of the, the, the money in the letterbox that I shared with you is, is one of those moments. It's a go-to moment for Lara and myself. We have a story to recall and thanksgiving to enter into. When, when things get hard, when things get tough, Financially, you know, we can recall that moment and celebrate as we, we as we pray and we offer up our petition to God of, of our needs. You know, we celebrate what he has done, what he is doing and what we know he can do. The reward is found in, in, in participating in this life in Christ. And as we do, we become the gospel. As people will notice and wonder how we journey through hardships and difficulties from a place of peace. You know, someone once shared with us, with Talara and myself, that they began their personal journey with God because of what they saw in the way that Lara and I were doing life. They saw us journey through some stuff and it was the way we journeyed through that that had a big impact on them. Now, I'd be the first to admit that we haven't always journeyed this well. But our goal has always been him. It's always been Jesus. And it was, it was that focus that drew someone to encountering Jesus for themselves personally. Let's pray, shall we? I just invite you to shut your eyes again and, um, and just enjoy him. Just be so aware right now. Whatever's going on in your life, I just right now ask for just a tangible experience of the peace of God that will guard your heart and your mind so that you can focus on and celebrate the things that are good. Dwell on the things that are beautiful. Father, right now, I just thank you for how you have participated in humanity through Christ and that you, I just thank you that you've invited us to be participants of this abundant life in Christ. 
And I thank you, Father, that you have sent the Holy Spirit to teach us so that we can learn how to live well. And I bless all those that are listening right now, that they would journey well in Christ, that they would experience your peace and your goodness, that they would build testimonies and stories of your goodness as they journey with you, stories that they can recall. Father, that they too would also become living testimonies of your goodness and that through their lives and through the way they journey, you will draw others to the Father. Right now, where there is anxiety and fear, Father, would just let there be peace and stillness and just the reality and the truth of a life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm going to hand it over to Melody um, shortly, in just a moment for some worship. Uh, feel free to worship along with Melody. Um, maybe you might want to sit and meditate and just let the, the music uh, wash over you or, you know, meditate on whatever the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you. Um, if you've got any questions and you'd like to know more about Jesus, you can email our church office and someone will get back to you. Uh, that's office at liberty.family, office at liberty.family. God bless you. May you uh, just know his tangible peace and his goodness and be able to dwell on amazing stories of how good he is. Thanks, Melody. <laughs>